Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Betrayal on Renegade Talk Radio, and I am going to respond to all of the naysayers and critics that have been contacting me on Facebook and Twitter and email, all of the nonsensical remarks that people have been making, and I want to make it very clear. It doesn't matter if it was 14 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, it doesn't matter. The remarks that Carly made were less than two weeks after 9-11, and yes, it was the time for a leader to come out and bring hope for the American people, but that hope does not rest in the Islamic civilization that she specifically cites from the years 800 to 1600. And as I have done on a previous broadcast, and I will do again today, let me tell you about this great civilization for 800 years that she specifically cites in the Islamic civilization. And she specifically cites Suleiman the Magnificent. There were many Suleimans, but she specifically cites Suleiman the Magnificent. Now, I'm going to point out certain dates. You can go to my website, bethanyblankley.com. You can read columns or listen to other programs I've done explaining on Islam as a civilization alternative in America and throughout the world because Islam is a totalitarian political ideology. It is not a religion. 622 is the year where Muhammad invades Mecca. He was forced out, fled for his life, goes to Medina, starts attacking Jewish caravans and merchants, kills them, takes all of their stuff, builds an army, goes back to Mecca, comes in and says, now you're going to pay attention to me. And what I want to point out is that the 622 and 50 years after Muhammad's death are very specific dates for when the military conquests of Islam started to take place. There was a march on Mecca in 630. There were military expeditions to enforce a caliphate. A caliph is a deputy prophet who's... Uh, administering the teachings from the Quran and and I want to go through the years and in a previous broadcast I went through other years but for now I'm going to go through those years 800 to 1600. I want to start with the year 846. There were several attacks on St. Peter's and St. Paul cathedrals in Rome. There were Muslim invaders and Pope Leo IV gave the Muslims 25,000 coins of silver to stay away and to stop invading. Beginning in the year 827, Muslim invaders conquered Sicily, kept invading over and over and over again for over 250 years. The Muslims invaded Malta in 869. They raided Italy in 916. 939, they capture Madrid. 965, the Byzantines recapture Cyprus that the Muslims had already invaded prior to. They get Grenoble, 
1965, the year 1009, they destroy Christianity in Jerusalem. The reason why the Dome of the Rock is sitting on top of the temple in Jerusalem, the holiest site for Jews in the Holy Land where Jesus walked, lived, breathed, and talked, and who, by the way, is mentioned more than than Muhammad is in the Quran. In the year 1009, the Muslims invaded Jerusalem and they destroyed as much of Christianity as they possibly could. Again, more fighting with the Sicilians. There was a 27-year fight to recapture Sicily back and forth between Muslims and native Sicilians between the year 1064 and 1091. Let's go to the year 1068 through 1070. Byzantines versus the Turks under the Ottoman Empire. They're fighting back and forth for control over the Christian city, the major one of the major cities of the time, which was Constantinople, which is now Istanbul. Everywhere in Europe where you see a mosque or a minaret, it is directly built on top of something they destroyed. If they destroyed a church... If they destroyed a monastery, if they destroyed a convent, if they destroyed a missionary's home, if they destroyed a synagogue, whatever it is, they will build on top of it because it is a symbol of conquering. And for Islam, you do not relinquish land that you have conquered, which is why they're continuing to fight in Spain because they were thrown out under Queen Isabella around 1492, around the time of Columbus. Let's now talk about Syria. All of the bloodshed going on in Syria. Everything people see today. That's exactly what happened in the year 1071. The Muslims came in and they started killing and slaughtering the Syrians. In Asia Minor, Ottomans invaded in the year 1071. They were fighting for years in the Nicaean range between the years 1078 to 1086. The, the Turkish refugees and the Christian base is actually what founded the Armenian state in the year 1080. And it became the base for where the Crusades gathered together. The Crusaders began to gather together to fight back against the Ottomans. The Ottomans captured and conquered Antioch in 1084. They invaded the Balkans in 1088. That launched the first crusade. People, the crusades, hello Barack Obama, the crusades did not exist. There was no need to conquer any land. There was no need to fight anybody. The crusades were a response to Islamic military expeditions to create a caliphate under what became the Ottoman Empire. The Crusaders tried to take back Jerusalem and reclaim it in between the years 1096 and 1099, and they failed. And they kept trying. The, the natives, the Christians, whoever it was who were fighting against Muslim invaders in Syria and Egypt, this was occurring in the years 1144 through 1155, the years 1183. Same thing with Tripoli and Tyre, Jerusalem. These are all places where Paul, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament of the Bible was, all invaded by Islamists. The years 1187 to 1192. Again, the Crusaders are trying to defend Constantinople between the years 1194 and 1201. 
Same thing in Egypt, the year 1216 to 1218. And the Crusaders lost for their last time in fighting the Muslims in the year 1244. And that is why Jerusalem today is partially completely taken over by Islamists who claim that that is their land. But it was not their land. There were no Muslims during the time of Jesus Christ. Muslims did not come onto the scene. Islam did not come onto the scene until 600 years later. France tries to fight back the Islamists. Spain tries to fight back the Islamists. It do, they, they're only able to up to a certain point. The Mongols are fighting them. It's so ironic because Carly's mentioning Damascus and Baghdad and the courts and how open-minded and tolerant they were, which is a bunch of nonsense. And here's the problem I have with this. You cannot claim to be a Christian and say that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and continue to support the false statement that Islam is one of the greatest, the Islamic civilization between these years under Suleiman the Magnificent, who, by the way, is no different than ISIS today. There is absolutely no way you can square these comments with also claiming to have a specific faith. And this is something that I got on an email from Chris Stalwart of Fox News. And this is this is what he's quoting her for saying, and, and for everybody who doesn't know, I used to work on Capitol Hill. I used to work in politics. I am a former speechwriter. I have written several hundred speeches, several hundred columns, and many, many people's names. Only recently in the last couple of years have I been writing under my own name. But here's the deal. Carly actually says, and I'm quoting, it was my personal relationship with Jesus Christ that saved me. And she says, no one needs to question or tell me about my faith. I've been through some hard times in my life. I've battled cancer. We lost a child to the demons of addiction. So I understand in deeply personal terms that it was my personal relationship with Jesus Christ that saved me, that saved my family. So it's unfortunate when people throw stones at anyone, but politics has sort of become that, hasn't it? And we have candidates who encourage it. Now, that's a great quote, but it doesn't answer the question. It's an excellent non-answer. And for anybody who knows how to deal in politics, it's an excellent answer. Articulate, very clear. She's um, bringing empathy. She wants people to sympathize with her. Many people experience heartache. They, they go through tough times. They deal with loss in their families. Yes, that's all relevant, but it absolutely has nothing to do with the fact that she's praising Islam two weeks after 9-11. I'm sorry, but I don't agree there is no common ground carly you talk about common ground you talk about coming together and being a leader and how you have to make deals with people and the three cardinal rules for compromise there is no compromise with islam that is the point they do not want to compromise read the freaking quran all you have to do is read the Quran. And for anybody who says they're a moderate Muslim and they don't believe in whatever it is, then they will be killed by people who are true followers of the Quran.
I have explained this over and over and over again. Suleiman the Magnificent is a representation of violence, as were the jihadists who attacked the United States of America on 9-11. And good for you that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Good for you that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But you know what? That means very little to me. Because nobody is willing to discuss and name evil. And I went on a tour with Mike Huckabee last fall, and we went to Auschwitz, and we went through all these areas in Poland, and I went to Birkenau, and I saw these wooden stables with no heat, with planks of wood that they packed hundreds of people in that were originally meant for horses. And these people were treated equally... But actually, I don't even think as badly as what Planned Parenthood is doing to babies where they're scraping off the front of a baby's face whose heart is still beating to take out its brain. If you want to talk about Nazi evil, then you have you need to look at Planned Parenthood. Forget about defunding Planned Parenthood. Prosecute them. Send them to the send them to to jail. Send them for the death penalty to the electric chair, or better yet, save the taxpayers and just buy rope. These people deter. These people deserve death for what they are doing to little babies. And for anybody who thinks the Nazi Germany is far worse than anything else that could happen in America, think again. Because if you can defend scraping off a baby's face while its heart is still beating to take its brain for money for research, then you deserve to go straight to hell just like all the other Nazis who are doing the same experimentations to Jews, to Christians, and to anybody who stood up against them. You get a first-class ticket straight to hell. And I'm not over-exaggerating, because here's the deal, people. Jesus Christ talked about salvation, but he talked about hell. He talked about hell more than anybody else in the Bible combined. So if Jesus Christ is saying he is the only way, wouldn't you want to listen to what he says is the alternative to him and to the fires of hell? So if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, wouldn't you want to save Girls and women who are being brutalized under the greatest civilization of the world, of Islam, give me a break. I'm sorry, but I don't agree. There is absolutely no room for agreement on this. You can say you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And then you can claim that the Ottoman Empire is the greatest civilization on earth. Either that represents that you're lying or you're completely delusional. And if you have a history degree from Stanford, then that's a really bad representation of history and Stanford University because I have friends who are homeschooling their kids who know more about the Ottoman Empire than Carly Fiorano does who's running for president of the United States. Are you kidding me? Seriously. Do you think the Islamic civilization is so great, which is why the majority are poor and illiterate? 60% are illiterate. What technology and computers and math has civilization of Islam contributed when 57 Islamic countries are contributing 5% of the global GDP? People, what is wrong with this picture? And yes, it is relevant. I don't care if it was 14 years ago, 5 years ago, 30 years ago. It is relevant because she made these remarks 
two weeks after 9-11 when we were attacked by Islamists declaring jihad, which is no different than what the black flags and what ISIS is doing today. And yes, I'm upset about this. And I will still continue to sound the alarm. I don't care if it's MSNBC, NBC, The Daily Telegraph, Breitbart, Stephen Crowder and his ridiculous puff piece for Carly. I'm telling you, all of these people are completely deceived if they're trying to justify any kind of leadership role that anybody would make about a positive spin on Islam, knowing full well what is happening to little girls. Little girls and women. And I care about women and human rights, which is why I'm anti-Islam, but not anti-Muslim. These girls and women don't have a choice. If they try to leave Islam, they will be killed. That's the whole point. Got to take a break. I am going to go back into more of what Carly says in her speech, and I am going to tell you why all of these points that she makes are completely false. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Bethany on Renegade Talk Radio. Off with his head! Off with his head! Off with the head! Off with the head! Off with the head! That isn't interfering! Off with his head! How dare you! Off with his head! Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Everybody, it's Bethany. Thanks so much for joining me. You know, I have been under fire recently because of columns I've written related to Carly and Islam, but in general, my anti-Islam approach, which is speaking the truth in women and girls, it is not okay to cut open and sew up over and over and over again little girls' vaginas who are under the age of nine years old for men to penetrate after they are sewn up all over again. I want you to think of little girls that you know who are nine years old or younger, six-year-olds, five-year-olds, three-year-olds. These little girls are stripped naked after they are stolen from their parents or given by their parents for protection money by Islamists. This is happening everywhere, but primarily right now throughout the Levant. If you don't know what the Levant is, go to my website, BethanyBlankley.com. Do a little search. It should come up and you can read about it there. I've gone and explained it at length. What we are seeing today with ISIS is no different than Suleiman. Female genital mutilation has existed, as has slavery, over the last 1,400 years because of Islam and the understanding of what 
the purposes for creating Islam as a, as a civilization alternative that encompasses every area of life, from social to political to economic to religious. It is not solely a religion. This is why people want Sharia law in America. It's why they bow down to Sharia law in other parts of the world. And this is the problem I have with Carly, and this is why, yes, I will question your faith, and I will question George Bush's faith. I don't care if George Bush is given a testimony or not. Maybe he's self-deceived, but no Christian in their right mind could come out right after 9-11, misquote, or take a quote out of context from the Quran and say that Islam is a peaceful religion and that these are peaceful people. I don't know who he thinks he's fooling. And how dare he or anybody else who says they're a Christian defend Islam because then they are doing exactly the opposite of what Jesus and all of his apostles and disciples said. We are to take care of the orphans and the widows. We are to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Little children have no recourse. There is no Justice for these little girls who are being stripped naked after they are stolen. They are categorized. They are put in shipping containers, packed in these containers like sardines. They arrive at their destination. They are looked over by slave traders. They are sold for less than $200 a pop and resold over and over and over again. And it's not just in Syria and Iraq and Iran and Afghanistan. This is happening in Romania. It's happening in the United Kingdom and it's happening in the United States of America. People, you need to understand there is no compromise. There is no common ground. There is no negotiating with someone who is seeking to reclaim land they believe was taken from them at the end of the Ottoman Empire, at the end of World War One. World War One was not about a duke in Austria. World War One goes back to a lifelong struggle of centuries of re- wanting to reclaim the land that the Muslims had invaded in 1088. The Balkans have been a hotspot for Muslim aggression and oppression since 1088. Killing the Duke was not the reason for the, for the war that started the war to end all wars. It was never about Germany and Austria and alliances, allies. It was about fighting off the last bit of the Ottoman Empire. And you want to read history, you learn what Churchill said about the Ottoman Empire. And if his colleagues had listened to him, and if they had done some research, they could have figured out a way to not overextend themselves. Either way, it doesn't matter. The British and more, more importantly, the Aussies, the Australians, got hammered by the Ottomans. And unfortunately for the Ottomans, they sided with Germany, which was the wrong side. And they lost. And that began the breakup. The end of World War I in 1919 was the end of the Ottoman Empire. And today, every single Islamic country knows the goal is to reclaim what was formerly taken from them under the Ottoman Empire that Carly is just praising under Suleiman the Magnificent. Their goal is to reestablish a caliphate similar to that which existed 
under Suleiman. And this is why I have a problem with Carly. History major from Stanford, no less. This is what she says about the Ottoman Empire. When other nations were afraid of ideas, this civilization thrived on them and kept them alive. When censors threatened to wipe out knowledge from past civilizations, this civilization kept knowledge alive and passed it on to others. I'm sorry. I wish I had a red buzzer like Hillary Clinton had with Putin. I need a red buzzer that I can just hammer my hand on and say, wrong again. Wrong, 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 wrong. The censors are under Sharia law. You cannot say anything negative about Muhammad. You cannot say anything negative about the Quran. It is instructed in the Quran. You cannot do that. Wiping out knowledge? Give me a break. She's talking about a civilization whose inheritance today are the poorest of the poor and the most illiterate by noted by Islamist professors and writers themselves. I cite Islamic writers. I'm not making it up. But how is it that of 57 Islamic controlled countries, they only combined, including Saudi Arabia and all of the oil? How is it? That out of 57 countries, they combined, they only contribute 5% to the global GDP. Under Sharia law, there is no such thing as free speech. There's no such thing as freedom of religion or freedom to be an atheist or an agnostic. If you reject Islam, you die. We need the Queen of Hearts. We need to hear the Queen of Hearts say, off with their heads. Off with their heads. We're going to chop their heads off. That's the Queen of Hearts in Alice in Wonderland. And that's a Scott writing what many assume was about LSD. But nevertheless, we have people literally chopping off heads using a black flag, which is no different under the Ottoman Empire. She says the Ottoman Empire was driven by anything. It was driven by invention. It's mathematicians. The Ottoman Empire's mathematicians created algebra and algorithms that enabled the building of computers and the creation of encryption. Okay, let's go back to Thomas Jefferson, shall we, history majors? Let's go back to the inventors of encryption. We go to Leon Battista Alberti. We go way back then to the Spartans. The Spartans have incredible encryption technology that Thomas Jefferson enhanced. If you want to go back to history and talk about encryption, it doesn't go back to the Ottoman Empire. And if you want to talk about mathematicians and philosophers and mechanical engineers and scientists who actually came up with the computer, then you need to go to a museum in London that will tell you all about the British people who invented the concept of a computer. And FYI, Hewlett Packard, the former printer, solely printer company, he was also the person who designed the very first printer in the early 1800s when nobody else came up with that idea. And his name was Charles Babbage. And Charles Babbage was not a descendant of the Ottoman Empire. And he was not an Islamist. Neither was Thomas Jefferson. Neither were the Spartans. Neither was Leon Battista Alberti. Nope, not part of the Ottoman Empire. Neither was Galileo. If you want to talk about the inventions of predating math and algebra and encryption, let's talk about Galileo, who actually invented all of these calculations using trigonometry, multiplication and division, square and cube root, 
areas and volumes, exchange rates, monetary interest, all of these different things. He created actual instruments which were like handheld mechanical mini computers. Galileo was the apple of the 1500s. He created the little handheld devices that everybody needed, the military, scientists, mathematicians. You want to talk about not being able to separate from your cell phone? Think about all these little technology devices that Galileo created in 1597 specifically that helped build what became computers as we know it today. Let me tell you something. Galileo was not an Islamist. By the way, again, Hewlett-Packard, at the time of her speech, let's talk about the great Islamic civilization that America's hope lies in. One percent of the entire Arab population of the world owns a personal computer, and less than half of one percent uses the Internet. All of the Islamic countries combined represent the world's poorest of the poor, the most illiterate, and they have contributed the least to scientific and technological advancement. So I don't know what Carly is smoking. I don't know if she's rubbed some kind of genie in the bottle, if she's been on a magic carpet ride, as I have suggested with Aladdin. And this column has gone viral. Thank you, Michelle Bachman, for pointing out to MSNBC and NBC the reality of Islam. And yes, I respond to a very poorly informed person, a blogger for the Daily Beast named Dean Obadalala. I call him Dalalala because I don't know how to pronounce his name. So Dean Obadalala, let me tell you. No, I don't drink coffee. As he snidely remarks, uh, if I did drink coffee, maybe I would know that Islam created coffee. Uh, I'm not quite sure about that. I don't think so. But if that's the case, and if that is the heritage, then why are 57 Islamic-controlled countries, why is it that their total GDP is only 5% of the world's GDP? If coffee was such a big moneymaker for them, why are they not doing better? And yes, I've been to a hospital. I was born in one. I have a real birth certificate. Unlike many in this country, I have a real birth certificate. I, yes, I was born in a hospital, but if Islam invented a hospital, then please tell me who was healing the sick and the poor during the first three centuries, specifically after Jesus Christ, or later in convents, well, 600, 600 years, 500 years, well before Islam came onto the scene in 622 A.D., Okay, and yeah, if you want to criticize me by being a Michelle Bachman, Michelle Bachman wannabe, a quacko, whatever. Well, you know, am I a wannabe? No, I don't really want to run for Congress. Do I admire her as a foster mother? Absolutely. Do I admire her for speaking truth? Absolutely. And why criticize a foster mother? Are you adopting? Are you taking care of the poor? Are you taking care of the orphans in our society? And why would you criticize someone who, like other foster mothers, are selflessly providing love and care for children whose own birth mothers couldn't? So, Mr. Obadalala, let me clarify a couple things about Carly and her speech. If you want to talk about human rights and caring about Muslims, then why are you not speaking out 
against institutionalized violence against women and girls in Muslim communities in the United States of America. Forget about all this child trafficking and slavery overseas. Let's focus right now today on women and girls who are being beaten, who are being forced into marriages, who are the victims of female genital mutilation, who are the victims of honor killings, who are the victims of child marriage, who have no legal status or less than half or a quarter of a man's status, legal rights under the Quran. And if you are so progressive in your in your viewpoints, Dean Obadalala, then wouldn't you at least talk about the fact that but then there's no religious freedom, not even to be an atheist under Islam. There's no sexual freedom. So there is no Betty for Dan. There is no waving your bra and burning your bra under Islam. You would be killed. In fact, women are being killed every day right now in Iran because of these police who are parading around the streets of Iran saying that they are not dressed appropriately. And I list this over and over and over again. I cannot emphasize this enough. Why is it not okay to discuss how women and little girls are being treated in our own communities in the United States of America? Why is it that when you look at statistics across the board, crime and domestic violence reports increase astronomically in correlation to the rise of very specific immigrant populations in various communities throughout America. If there is any reason to oppose Sharia law, even if you forget about all of the religious whatever aside, the the number one reason to oppose Sharia law is because the United States Constitution protects the human right of a woman and a girl, at least after they're born. Right now it doesn't. The Constitution doesn't protect anybody before they're born. But after they're born, little girls are protected under the law. Why is no one talking about what's happening to defenseless and voiceless little children who cannot fight back against these evil people who are putting them into sex trafficking and sex slavery and creating forced abortions, which, by the way, a pregnant woman today has a greater chance of dying, not for any complications in a pregnancy, diabetes, blood pressure, whatever it is, a pregnant woman in the United States of America has a greater risk of dying by homicide than by anything else. I've got to take a break. I'll be back. I want to talk more about Carly. I want to talk more about Islam and why we should care. Why should Christians care? Why is it right to question somebody's faith? Because I will speak out equally over George W. Bush. I will speak out equally about Barack Obama, who's absolutely not a Christian. You can tell that by what he says and by what he does. I question Jimmy Carter. I question a lot of people who say one thing and what they actually do is the opposite. And people should care. We should care. Why does it matter? Because truth matters. There's life. We have a responsibility. As Christians, we choose life.
And what does that mean? It means allowing all of the great benefits of our Constitution to prevail. The pursuit of life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. I've got to take a break. I'll be back. Thanks for joining me. You're listening to Bethany on Renegade Talk Radio. Open his head! Open his head! Stick this in your ear. The number one, the number one internet shock radio network. Shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. Hey, everybody, and we're back. Thanks so much for joining me on America's Betrayal, hosted by Renegade Talk Radio. You're listening to Bethany Blankley. To read more Learn more, listen to more, go to my website on bethanyblankley.com. You'll find a lot of information about Islam, the non-deal with Iran, uh, the ineptitude of Congress, and uh, also just basic history, biblical history, American history, related to Christians and Jews all throughout the Levant, all throughout the region, prior to the Ottoman Empire ever existing. One of the things I point out is that Christians have a rich history in Iran. We have a rich history in Egypt and what is now present day Saudi Arabia and Iraq and Afghanistan. And what's very sad is the horrible foreign policy of our elected leaders ever since World War II who have been perpetuating violence in the name of peace and prosperity and democracy. And Iran is one simple example of that. The Iranians wanted democracy in 1979. And the American government did everything it could to make sure they didn't get it. And this is why all of this discussion about sanctions and what Iran can and can't do are so ridiculous and unfair and unjust and dishonest, intellectually dishonest. If you forget about morality, let's just talk about basic facts. Once we put in the Shah, once we put in evil totalitarian Islamic rule under Sharia law, no human rights or freedoms exist for women and girls. And this is the problem with every single person in Congress and Barack Obama, especially women, Anyone who says they care about human rights, there is not one mention of the human rights violations against women and girls in Iran because there is no freedom for them. Now, a lot of people criticize me for saying women can't work in Iran. That is true. There are only specific limited number of jobs that women can work in. But it is mostly illegal for women to work. That's why there are only women-only jobs. The majority of women are unemployed on purpose. You cannot go and watch a football or a soccer game. You can't go to a sports stadium in Iran. Women, I want you to think about how women dress today, how foul it is, in my opinion. They wear too tight clothes. They're fat hanging out. Their bra straps are underwear shows. There's no modesty. There's no concept of taking pride in how a woman looks. Very few women, especially young girls, don't care or don't seem to care. Anyway, the point is, is that in Iran, women are publicly monitored according to a strict hijab dress code. 
There is a military police. I want you to think about this. If you have a teenage daughter or a granddaughter or a niece, I want you to think about, or a wife or a woman, any woman that you know, I want you to think about women and girls. They are being publicly monitored. Imagine a military police in the United States of America that patrols and targets women in public, harassing them, fining them, beating them, and arresting them because they do not like how they are dressed. And over the last 35 years, human rights organizations claim that over 500,000 women and girls have been arrested for alleged hijab violations. And over the last 10 years, more than 30,000 women, including 12-year-old girls, have been arrested for violating Iran's dress code, which, by the way, there's no dress code for men. Men can dress however they want. And so this is, this is my problem. We can talk about sanctions on Iran and nuclear rights. And we can talk about being nicey-nice about Islamic civilization and reaching out to the Muslim community after 9-11. And this is the leadership America needed, not to jump on the anti-Muslim bandwagon. Uh, excuse me. I don't support any ideology that denies the human rights for women and girls, period. What kind of country does anybody think Iran is that now allows and doesn't prosecute or even arrest men who are committing vigilante violence, which is also, which is a nice term for what is known as acid attacks. People are flinging acid into the faces of women who they don't even know, they don't have personal grudges against, but they are throwing acid in their face because they don't think they are dressed appropriately. I want you to think about every single girl you know, teenager, child, wife, mother, grandmother, aunt, niece, cousin, whomever it is. I want you to think about a military police going through your community and throwing acid on that girl or woman that you know. And it's not just happening in Iran. It's happening on the streets of London. Sex trafficking of women and girls is happening in London. In fact, the Brits, who still care about the United Kingdom, refer to London as Londonstan because it has now been overtaken by Islamists who want to convert British law totally to Sharia law. This is why there are no go zones. Fox News should not have been apologizing. All you have to do is send a reporter and a camera crew to 12 specific neighborhoods in London and you will enter a no go zone. There are hundreds in Sweden. They exist. They exist in France. They exist in Spain. They exist in Italy. And they are fed up. They exist in Holland. They exist in Belgium. And the people there who care about their country and understand their heritage and care about their families and the next generations, the little of whom are left, and they care about preserving the democratic freedoms that are in direct opposition to Sharia law. So if people want to talk about Iran and negotiating a deal and nuclear whatever, yes, the United States is responsible, largely responsible for what Iran has become.
If America had not intervened illegally in 1953, it is highly likely that Iran could have a very successful economy and a social, political, cultural life that allowed for freedoms of differences of opinion, religion, and intellect that its secular leaders were seeking to achieve when they were elected in 1950 and 51. And so what I want to point out is that you do not have the freedom or the right in your own in the privacy of your own home behind closed windows and doors to do whatever you want it is not like that in the United States of America it is not like that in the UK it is not like that in Afghanistan it is not like that in Saudi Arabia it is not like that in Iran and for everybody who who loves the voice and you love Pharrell and you love the song happy I want you to think about people who are going who got 91 lashes. They got a sentence for being whipped 91 times and they were given sentences to go to prison because they made a video and they posted it on YouTube of them singing and dancing to Pharrell's song, Happy. It is illegal to sing and dance to a song about being happy. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what does it mean to pursue life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness in America and how that does not exist under Sharia. It did not exist under Suleiman the Magnificent. It did not exist under the Ottoman Empire. It, did not, it has not existed under any Islamic civilization, or nor will it under any caliphate that Islamic societies want to implement today. It is what CARE, it is what the Islamic Society is now for North America, it is what these organizations want. In the United States, they want Sharia compliant first, and then Sharia law overruling American law and American freedoms. And sadly, Republicans and Democrats alike have succumbed to the Muslim Brotherhood and to the Islamist influence in America. Even in the state of Texas, where everybody thinks they're right-wing fanatics, the Republican Party, Greg Abbott, the newly elected Republican governor, Republicans in Austin, stopped legislation that would prevent Sharia law in the state of Texas. And you tell me what is wrong with the Republican Party in the state of Texas, and I will tell you that it goes back to the Bush family and their ties with Saudi Arabia. And the Saudis have zero tolerance for freedom of speech, freedom of religion, or freedom for women. Women can't drive. They can't sing. They have to they cannot leave their homes without the permission of their husbands. All women and girls must be chaperoned. And you tell me how any Republican can justify not fighting against Sharia law being implemented in the state of Texas. They rejected American laws for American courts. And I'm telling you, this is not just the problem of Obama in Washington, D.C. It is not just the problem of Iranian communist Valerie Jarrett. It is a problem in the halls of the state capitol in Austin among Republicans, 
of whom Greg Abbott is probably one of the worst. This is not a Republican-Democrat issue. This is an issue about what does it mean to be American? What does it mean to defend human rights? What does it mean to defend inalienable rights that are protected by the Constitution? Either the Constitution is the law of the land or it isn't. And that is what I will say every day on Renegade, every day on Constitution.com, which I edit, Every day in columns that are being published globally, I will tell everyone either Americans care what America stands for under the Constitution or they don't. And if they don't, then they deserve what's coming because there will be blood on our soil. Just because we don't think something isn't going on doesn't mean that others haven't targeted us. And we may not think we are at war, but let me tell you something. The Islamists who are attempting to create Islam as a civilization alternative have already declared war on America. Iran has declared war on America. The Muslim Brotherhood has declared war on America. You can read their document, which the FBI uncovered in the 90s. Don't you think since the 90s under both Bushes and Clinton and Obama, if any of these people actually cared about America, don't you think they would have deported all of these Islamists who are trying to implement Sharia in the United States of America? They do not have our best interests because they are all on their payroll. I'm sorry to say it, folks. But we are in the very last days of defending any freedoms that are in the Constitution. And for all the naysayers about Christians talking about religious freedom, the Jews right now are the canary in the coal mine. Jews are the number one victims of hate crimes in America. They are being killed on a daily basis by Muslims and Christians who are being persecuted, who are being targeted. They're losing their jobs because of their faith. That is no different than the Nazis closing down businesses simply because they were Jews. And that is what is happening in Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan. It's this entire region where one ideology is saying you do not have a right to exist unless you agree with what we say you must agree. So the problem I have with Carly and with George W. Bush and with Jeb Bush is that you cannot say that Islamic civilization has helped or created the heritage of America or that it's America's future. You cannot say that Islam is peaceful. You cannot say that ISIS doesn't represent Islam. You can't say that you're a Christian, you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and at the same time advocate and support a civilization that is blatantly, non-apologetically committing heinous Human rights violations, heinous crimes against humanity, against women and girls on a minute-to-minute basis. Not just over in the Middle East or in Africa or in Indonesia, but in the United States. And either we care about human rights of little girls and women or we don't. So don't tell me or anybody else that Islam is peaceful 
or that there's any such thing as women's rights because I will point to Surah chapter and verse in the Quran and prove you wrong. If you think that Muhammad was a great leader, that Suleiman the Magnificent was a great leader, then move to Saudi Arabia, move to Iran, move to Afghanistan, move to Iraq, move to Egypt, move to Syria, move to Turkey, where women are quite literally not allowed to work. I could go on and on and on, but I will tell you that speaking truth does come with a cost. It may not be politically correct, but who cares? Telling the truth never was. Naming evil is never easy, but it's, it's demanded. If Hitler was evil, then so is Planned Parenthood and so is Islam. If Hitler was not evil, then yes, Islam is peaceful and Planned Parenthood actually cares about women and children and parenthood and families. The reality is, is that anybody can say anything they want. But if you look at the facts and the record of the last 1400 years of what one kind of civilization has done to humanity, it has not created anything other than death, torture and hardship specifically for women and children. And I reject anyone who says otherwise. Thanks for listening. I'm glad you're joining me. I'm Renegade Talk Radio. To learn more and listen to more, go to my website, BethanyBlankley.com, and join the fight because we have a responsibility and we can say no to all of the lies and all of the misinformation and actual non-information the media is choosing to report or not report. And all of the lies that are being told by Republicans and Democrats in Congress. Enough is enough. Either the Constitution matters or it doesn't. Either my right as a woman to not be violated is either a right protected in the Constitution or it isn't. It's basic facts, people. It's basic, basic facts. Either women and girls' lives matter or they don't. And if they don't, then you should be willing, not just in Muslim communities in America, you should, be, you should be more than willing to let them do it to women you know in your life if women's rights don't matter. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me on Renegade Talk Radio and for listening to America's Betrayal. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say.